Well, good morning, New Hope. Welcome this morning, uh, whether you're here in person or watching on live stream. Glad that you're here with us this morning. We have officially tipped over into the holiday season. We all know that. We have a strong sense of that. And here at New Hope, we like to uh, practice three rhythms over the holiday season. Obviously, the first one is to keep Jesus the reason for the season. The next one is to just be neighborly during this season. It's a great time to reach out to your neighbors. And so what we do is that we provide you some invitations that you can have for an open house during this holiday season. All you need to do is go and fill in the blanks and then go put them in your neighbor's mailboxes or if you have little kids, you send them to the door and that and your neighbors can never say no to the kids, right? But it's just an opportune time to say, hey, neighbors, you know, come on over between four and six. We're going to have some refreshments. I uh, just want to visit, you know, over this holiday season and that and touch base and just see what happens. And so if you're interested in that, we have uh, packs of these 10 to 12 invites out at our Welcome Center. All you got to do is grab them. Fill in the blank and walk around, uh, make some cookies, have some uh, refreshments out, see what happens, but just be neighborly during this time of the year. It's a great time to introduce people to uh, the reason for the season, Jesus, uh, invite them to Christmas Eve here at New Hope, whatever you would like, but just to be together with your neighbors, right? Also, during this time of the year, we have what we call end-of-the-year giving, uh, we are all familiar with that. You get stuff in the mail, right? And you will be receiving a letter in the mail from us uh, later this week about end-of-the-year giving. Some people within the congregation do end-of-the-year giving. That's how they plan their finances. And this year, we're focusing on three areas of ministry that we desire to expand. Our youth ministry, Hope Students, which we expanded from Cambridge to Bram to Isani, and then also our Hope for Life, our recovery ministry, which we expanded this year to Bram and then down to Isani as well. And then we will be, due, we'll be starting in the fall of 19, our Bram campus location. And so an opportunity, if you do end of the year giving, you can jump in on that in one of those three areas. Also, just want you to know that out in the Welcome Center, if you didn't receive one of these 30-day devotionals on open-handed living in a tight-fisted world, incredible scripture on how to manage finances, and then just personal stories throughout this devotional on God's miracle work in people's giving and finances. And so just encourage you to grab what's left out there. An interesting statistic here for you this morning. Interesting statistic, and maybe some of you are part of this statistic, actually. 45% of people would prefer to skip Christmas. Amazing, isn't it? 45%, almost half of people would prefer just to skip Christmas. Pretty amazing when you think about, like, this season is one of the top seasons for our country. Top seasons, really, for the world as it is celebrated pretty much all over the world. Yet 45% of people said, hey, I wouldn't mind just skipping it. Why is that? Well, the reason for that is that it is the number one most stressful season of the year. The most stressful season of the year. 
I came across a Consumer Reports top 10 list of holiday stressors. And see if you can identify with anything on this top 10 list. I love number 10 the most. Having, I gotta be nice to people, right? How about number nine? Having to attend holiday parties and events. I mean, our schedule, our calendar fills up during this time of the year. How about eight? Disappointing gifts or gift buying, right? How stressful it is to, oh man, I get to get the right gift or, or, or opening a gift, right? And you open it and you're like, in your head, like, what is this? But you have to go back to number 10. I have to be nice. Oh, I love, I've always, where did you find this? I've been looking for this, like, for my life, because <laughs> I don't know what it is. You know, I, I mean, you got to be nice, right? Number seven, seasonal music. Come on, admit it. You know, right? towards the end, you're like the, the 500th rendition of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. You're, you're just ready to strangle the little thing. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, you're just like, all right already, Right? Number six, seeing certain relatives, all right? I'm not going to ask you to name any names here, you know, but sometimes relationships, you know, there's conflict or struggle or this or that, that kind of thing. Number five, traveling. Hey, we got to figure it out, go out of town, or, you know, we gotta, we're eating, uh, you know, the hors d'oeuvres at this place, and then we're driving over, we're having salad at that place, and then we're going over to the main meal, and that we're ending up a dessert over there. I mean, it's just like, whoo, figure it out, right? Number four is reality, grieving loss. You know, many of us in the room have lost a loved one over this last year. It's this first time that we're walking through the Thanksgiving season, the Christmas season without them. And even years ago, this time of the year is difficult when we recognize that there's an empty place next to us around the table or around the tree. Uh, we reflect back on memories, and it's a difficult time of the year. Number three getting into debt. It's a reality. You know, the expectations of buying and spending and, and what does that look like, right? It's hard. And number two, gaining weight. This is, this is how, you know, deep we are as people, right? How, <laughs> you know, like, well, I'm really most stressed out about gaining weight. You know, it was interesting. I weighed myself Thursday morning at Snap Fitness before Thanksgiving and that. And then last night, my daughter and I were there and I weighed myself again and it was a five-pound difference. I'm not telling you which way it went, right? And that, and I, on the drive home, I was trying to convince my daughter that I think I was just wearing heavier clothes tonight. I think it's just, I think that was the problem, you know? But the reality, you know, gaining weight. And the number one stressor, crowds and long lines. Crowds and long lines. We just are like, like, ooh, you know, wow. It's amazing, the, the busyness out there. And if we're honest, we're already feeling it. We, out of those top 10, we can list a few, right? We're already feeling it. So with the holiday season in full throttle and our stress levels rising, I want to remind us in different ways throughout the Christmas season to pause. To pause. The word pause means temporary stop in action or speech. Temporary stop in action or speech. I want to put up a variety of synonyms for the word pause so that we get a deeper sense of what it means. Stop, 
cessation, break, halt, interruption, check, lull, respite, breathing space. I like that one, breathing space. Hiatus, gap, interlude, rest, rest. Why is it so important for us to pause during this time of the year? I think it's important for us to pause this time of the year so that we can maintain or that we can regain perspective perspective. What is that? If something is in perspective, it is considered as part of a complete situation so that you have an accurate and fair understanding of it. Let me read that again. It is considered as part of a complete situation so that you have an accurate and fair understanding of it. So what is it we need to keep in perspective this season? Jesus. In the rushing around, in the loneliness of the season, in the stress of the finances, we need to keep in perspective our relationship with Jesus. That he is for us, not against us. That he is with us. And that he's calling us to be with him. In Psalm 46.10, it says this. Be still and know that I am God. Let's read this together. Be still and know that I am God. We could say it this way. Pause and know that I am God. Pause. This Scripture passage comes out of Psalm 46, where the psalmist is writing, the psalmist is praying to God, because in the psalmist's life, there is a war raging. There is a war raging between the nation of Israel and a pagan nation. And the psalmist is coming before God to remember who God is, to remember his position before God, to remember what God can do, to call out to God in his situation. Let me read this brief psalm to you, Psalm 46. God is our strength and our refuge and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains, God, the holy place where the Most High dwells, God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow. He shatters the spear. He burns the shields in fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. 
I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Throughout this psalm, the psalmist is writing in the third purpose about God. But we see then in verse 10, God breaks into his prayer in the first person. In the midst of this psalmist's turmoil, his situation, God breaks in and says, Be still. Be still. And know that I am God. Be still. What is he calling us to when he says be still? What was he calling the psalmist to? In the psalm, this is a call for those involved in the war to step back, stop fighting, to be still. The word still is a translation of the Hebrew word rapa meaning to slacken or to let down or to cease. In some instances, the word carries this idea to drop, be weak, or faint. It connotates two people fighting until someone steps in, pulls them apart, tells them to stop and to drop their weapons. Only then can they acknowledge that their true trust in their situation, is in God alone. What is it we need to drop like weapons this Christmas season? And pause. Only when we stop our frantic activity, our high expectations, our focus on pain and be still, Can we provide God some space in our lives to be at work? Isn't this our need during this time of the year? To stop, to let down, be still? Hit the pause button of our life? When we pause, we gain perspective on what is important. We gain perspective on how maybe we are treating ourselves or how we are treating others around us. We regain perspective on what Christmas is all about. Emmanuel, God with us, coming to us, and God wanting us to come to him. Jesus makes this interesting comment in John 17, 3. He says, Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I mean, we think often of eternal life something that comes after we die. That is heaven. But Jesus redefines it here. He says, no, eternal life is when you start a relationship with me and it is knowing me, it is being in relationship with me, it is developing this intimacy of who I am and how I act in your life and my position in your life and your position in my life, this relationship piece. And it starts now and it goes for eternity. 
That's why John Piper wrote a book about how heaven is God. You know, oftentimes we think, ooh, heaven's going to be a, a great 18-hole golf course, or heaven is going to be like a stream of shopping malls, or what, you know, we have all these ideas, and he's saying, no, heaven is God. Like, we are face-to-face -face now for the first time ever in the presence fully of God, and it'll be so overwhelming. I mean, our jaw will be by our shoe. I mean, it's just like, because we will know him fully. And we will be, whoa, this is amazing. And Jesus is saying, this is eternal life. This is Christmas. Emmanuel, me, with you, you, with me. When we pause, we are reminded that we are not alone and that God is omnipresent in our lives that he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. When the, the season gets overwhelming and expectations and then the pain of grieving and loss, when it gets difficult because of finances or fractured relationships, and we pause, God reminds us that, listen, I am with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. He reminds us that he's omniscient, that, hey, I know everything about you and about your situation. So talk to me. And he reminds us that he's omnipotent, all-powerful, that he can take us through the peaks and he walks with us and sustains us through the valleys, through the difficult times. Acknowledging God implies that we can trust him. We surrender to his plan because we understand who he is. And sometimes we lose that understanding in our frantic activity of the season and the demands. But as we step back, we push the pause button on our life. We're still. He rearranges our perspective. Pausing isn't going to the gym. Pausing isn't reading a book. Pausing isn't binging on Netflix. Pausing isn't flipping through Facebook. Pausing isn't picking up a craft and doing it. Pausing is retreating. When we pause, we are still surrendered to God, reflecting on his word, speaking to him as if we are speaking to a friend. In this way, we find peace in times of turmoil, as the psalmist says. Even when the earth gives way, the mountains fall, or the nations go up in an uproar and the kingdoms fall. When life gets overwhelming or heavy or busyness takes precedence, the psalmist calls us back to, hey, regain perspective here. In Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and strength an ever-present help in times of trouble. The word refuge means a condition of safety, a condition of shelter. I mean, an individual can be within a shelter or a place of safety, but yet have all kinds of turmoil in their lives. When the Word is used for refuge. 
It means that our lives are in a condition where we have this peace because we feel safe. We feel sheltered. We know God's promise that he is with us, will not forsake us, that he will uphold us with this righteous right hand, that he is concerned for what we are walking through. And because of that, we can have shalom. We can have peace. It's this condition of our life. I think this is probably why God has encouraged us to practice the Sabbath. You know, regularly during the week, have a time to where we pause in our lives. We regain perspective. So during this beautiful season of Jesus' birth, remember to come before him. Lay before him your fears, your expectations, your failures, your grieving, your striving, your loneliness, busyness, and fall into his presence through the practice of pausing. Don't look to Jesus this season as a helpless babe in the manger, but look to Jesus as this superhero savior who has conquered death and can conquer this Christmas season for you. But come to him and pause. One of my favorite interactions of Jesus with his disciples comes in Mark chapter 4 in a familiar passage story to many of us. It's when Jesus calms the storm. Let me read it. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drowned? I think most of us have yelled that out. Sometimes during this season, it gets so overwhelming, and we wonder if God even cares, if he's even there. Because we've been running so hard, he can't keep up with us. We don't hear him. We don't see him. When it says squall here, it's not talking about this little burst of high wind, but it's more like a steady straight winds. A squall was this steady gust of wind that obviously was so great it was starting to swamp the boats. And we have disciples here where, who grew up fishermen. They knew storms and they knew how to handle boats, but yet they were fearing for their lives. It's a real situation. This fall, we were camping up on the North Shore and we were reading some of the history. And at the bottom of the Great Lakes lay 25,000 plus boats. So this story is reality. Men and women whose lives were lost because of the squalls on the Great Lakes swamped them physically, literally. But that's how we feel at times during this season. And so it says, Jesus got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet! Be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. Sort of like this picture of these boats on the lake. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? 
even the wind and the waves obey him. When we step back in the winds, in the waves of our lives, especially during this season, and we push the pause button, we're able to get the perspective that the disciples finally got. Who is this Jesus? Man, even the winds and the waves obey him. And he's allowed to bring us to peace when we pause. And we regain perspective and just say, yeah, this is where I need to be. Because Jesus can handle the wind in my life. He can handle the waves that are swamping me. He can uphold me. And so I encourage you and challenge you during this season to pick a place in your house that you will regularly go to, whether it's a chair or a room, and press pause for a moment and read his word and just speak to him. Place at work. You know, maybe you travel for work. Maybe a place you just pull in and park the car and just pause. Or get out of your cubicle, take a walk, pause during this time of the year. And remember, Emmanuel, God is with me. He's with me. He knows what's going on. And but what better way to introduce this series called Pause than through pausing to partake of communion, to celebrate what Jesus has done for us on the cross. Because in Scripture, he calls us to practice communion, the Lord's Supper, on a regular basis. Why? So that we remember. So that we pause and we remember what he has done. So that as we take the bread and we break it, we remember that his body was broken for us. That as we take the cup and partake of it, we remember that his blood was shed for us, for the forgiveness of our sins. And that we are reminded that there is a Savior and we are not Him. And that this is what the season is all about. Our Savior has been born. So I want you to just pause. And this music is just going to play for a little while here. And then after about a minute, when you're ready, you can get up and come out to the right, come up front and partake of communion. It's safe for everybody. It's grape juice and gluten-free. But just grab a cracker, dip it in, pause, be still. Know that he is God and partake. And then just come back and the worship team will close us off with a song. But let's take time to pause. Father God, we thank you that you put a pause in your kingdom history and sent your son to be with us, to remind us that you want us to be with you. And so may we pause over this season and rest in you. In your name, amen.